0: He really didn't want to do it. But after Congress failed to pass immigration reform last week, Mayor Mike Johnston announced budget cuts on Friday to the Department of Parks and Recreation and the DMV. Will these cuts ratchet up tensions around the migrant crisis? And between a rock and a hard place, what more could Denver do? Denverite editor Obed Manuel recently made a huge decision that he hopes will humanize the circumstances of people arriving here. So he's joining me to talk about what he did and why he did it. Today is Monday, February 12th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Obed Manuel, welcome to CityCast Denver.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I expected to be on here sooner than this, to be honest with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I feel like there's so many journalists in the city that we want to talk to. So I'm glad that you were excited to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: So you announced last week that one of Denver's biggest newsrooms, which includes CPR, KRCC, and Denverite, are going to stop using the word migrant and instead use the term new immigrant. Why make this change?
1: Uh, there, there's two reasons, and the first one is 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 accuracy. Um, and flexibility. We obviously adhere to the Associated Press's style. Obviously, we have our own in-house style book, but we rely on AP as most of the industry does heavily. Um, upon reading, you know, the definition of migrant in the Associated Press's style book, I just found so much ambiguity in it. There's literally a, a sentence in its you know definition that says or or someone whose reason for leaving the country may be unknown. So which to me is that's just not it's just not tangible, that's not clear and that's where i said there's flexibility here. But beyond that, this is a conversation that's been going on in my head literally since last January um when when this really really kind of the story really became a very real situation for the city and and the state. And I'll credit specifically uh, CPR reporter, Paolo uh, Celsita, who he was the voice in my head, uh, who one of the first stories we had him wrapped into, he said, I don't know if I feel comfortable using the word migrant. Um, and he offered up a few alternatives that I kind of like, I shot them down. I'll be honest. I shot them down because they I didn't feel that they were accurate. Um, you know, he said displaced people. We said uh, asylum seekers, refugees. And I was immediately like, those aren't, those are good categories. Um, some of these people might fall into some of them, but for the most part, we try to use a catch-all term for headlines and newscasts, especially, which which is a whole thing you have to keep in mind when you're trying to keep things concise, but also signal to the reader or the listener that this story is about this topic, this issue. And so. We said we need to find a new term that we we're more comfortable with. And that's really kind of what led the change.
0: I'm just nodding in agreement because we went through such a similar experience here at CityCast Denver. We've had this conversation, the exact conversation you're having. These different ways to identify people that's broad but also specialized but also related to the situation at hand, right, which is like you said, since last year last December? December? I mean, it's been over a yeah, year yeah. that we've had the situation going and it's still a constant conversation. But something else that you wrote about this was you wrote that the word migrant has, quote, lost much of the humanity behind it. What did you mean by that?
1: I think it's the same thing where you, you use something so frequently that it just starts to lose the emotion behind it. So this was as much a... Journalistic change, I think, as much as it was like an emotional change for us as a newsroom. Um, in our news meetings, it's always migrant this, you know. my we're going to do a cut, you know, for radio on 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 the migrant situation. I can't, I've lost count now of the number of times that Denver has published a story and how many times we've typed it out. And I grew numb to it, to be honest with you. I grew numb, and that's why a few weeks ago, this was maybe this was this was actually a pretty quick change. Uh, maybe two and a half weeks ago, I brought this up to, to our leadership and I said, I have grown numb to this word, basically. And that's not right, because at the center of, of this whole conversation, of this whole situation, there are like human beings and children here. And, and that to me is the the crux, is that there are people behind that word. And if you look at national news coverage, I feel strongly that A lot of it has been mishandled. A lot of it has been very just it's charged no matter. Someone's going to receive that word the same way that they'll receive immigrant. But the thing is that I can change at least a little bit of of how I'm using my language. I can't change how somebody is going to respond to the term new immigrant or what their feelings are about that. But I can at least tell them these people, for the most part, we understand that their goal is to stay in the country and that that's irrelevant of what their legal status is an immigrant is somebody who goes to live in another country and whereas the migrant term was i also started finding it to be inaccurate because we've been covering this now for a year and a half you know kevin Beatty has been running around chasing you know organizers who who welcome him he's not he's not chasing them (laughs) uh and i have met now dozens of these folks and and I'd be lying if I didn't say that I saw a lot of myself and like my family in them because I'm an immigrant. My family is an immigrant family and their hopes and dreams just sound so much like those of my family. And I have always referred to my family as immigrants. My family has always referred to itself, you know, as, as an immigrant family. And so I say, why can't I apply that term to them too Seeing as how this is their intent, this is their goal. Maybe, maybe Denver isn't their final destination, but they're in the country that they say that they want to be in. Uh, and to me, that says we've done the on-the-ground work at this point. I think to confirm that this is a term "new immigrants." You know, "immigrant" is a term that we're a label that we're comfortable applying to them.
0: I, I still am thinking about the, I guess, the word "new" here, mm-hmm. like. Is new, adding new to it, creating more division or more separation or what, I guess, what does that function as, as part of this, this label, I guess?
1: I'm a pretty old school journalist. I I realize I'm, I'm, I'm a young person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm only 32. Um, I still think that we need to, as new, as a news organization, we still need to tell the reader, the listener, that we're talking about a specific population. So if I'm talking about the long-term unauthorized uh Mexican population, for example, if there's an unauthorized Mexican immigrant who's been here for 30 years, I can't call him or her or them a new immigrant. I can't do that. They're established, they've they've you know built lives here. Whereas the folks who are coming here, the folks who are staying in like the the hotel shelters of you know the city of Denver is paying for they are new immigrants right that that's just that's just an accuracy thing um and you know you're right again going back to that point it's like we can't tell people how to how they should emotionally receive it but i just do think it is important to to signal immediately to the reader the listener this is who this person is this is the category that they're in and we're almost telling them this is the step of the journey that they're on because the one of the one of the issues with using the word migrant is it it connotes um this idea that somebody is on the move constantly transitory, moving transitory yeah. whereas the way i understand it the overwhelming majority of the people we've talked to over the past year and a half say i'm here like i am in the place where i intend to now live my life And again, we have gotten some emails now from people who say, well, an immigrant is somebody who came here legally. And it's like, no, it's actually that's actually not the case. Um, (laughs) Just from a simple word perspective. Again, an immigrant is just somebody who goes to another country with the intent to stay there, to live there. Um, Again, we talk about people, unauthorized immigrants, right? Undocumented, which is essentially the same category. It's another conversation probably to have at some point. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think I think you know, yes, it could, it can cause some division and it, it in thought. And I think that that's ideally that's where I would want for it to stop. Just like these are new, these are people who feel, who fall into this category, but obviously there are going to be people who respond to it because maybe they have ill will towards a certain population.
0: And I want to get to that in a minute um, because that is, I think, a, an underlying part of this conversation. I've been a journalist for twenty years and I remember the change from illegal to undocumented and how important that was, but. Um, But before we get to that, I want to tap into this conversation that's happening right now in Denver, which is Mm -hmm. the budget cuts and how that fits into this conversation. Like you guys have been covering the mayor as close as we have. We knew that he was waiting for this immigration bill to go through Congress Mm -hmm. and now it's failed and we're not getting the help from the federal government that we needed. What do you make of the mayor's decision to announce these specific budget cuts?
1: I think, uh, you know, he... He he traveled to D.C. You know, I think uh, in January to, you know, kind of like lobby for you know work with her. He he went to lobby for this thing that was basically dead on arrival, uh, in in Congress or at the House of Representatives at least, uh, maybe even the Senate. I think that the way that the timing is 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 right. I guess politically, he is a Democrat, so you know it is an election year, so he does kind of have to point you know the finger a little bit um we we knew that the cuts were coming i just think that i i think maybe there was some optimism from the mayor that that this was a thing that was actually going to to go through just it was had all these facets to it right it had like aid to ukraine and israel um and it it according to some advocates and and you know if you read the the policies that were in place like it would have made it harder for a lot of people to to process asylum claims to to claim asylum in the country but it also had like i think we 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 read this last night is about 1.4 billion dollars tied to for local governments local cities who've taken you know people in and i'm sure that that came um uh, at the pressure of like the mayor of new york mayor of chicago two of the most important cities in the country and obviously denver but i think i think that the, <laughs> announcing these cuts is a good way it, it almost maybe serves as an explanation um, maybe he was optimistic that this was going to pass. Maybe he was optimistic that, that Congress was going to get its act together and, and provide this funding. Um, whether you think that's a little blind optimism or not, you know, that that's up to you as a listener. But it, I think it's just the timing, I guess, kind of works out for him.
0: And that means we will need all of us to step up. We're gonna need more of our corporate partners to step in and
1: provide more summer internships for young people who might not be working for the city. All of the spirit of people who have helped provide services to migrants all around the city, we want your support and engagement too, to provide services to our own community as we try to fill in the gaps, uh, because we believe we can get through this, we can get through it successfully. It will just take all of us uh, to work together and we'll work with the spirit of service the city has shown uh, so courageously to date that we'll need over the months ahead.
0: find interesting is um, it's been looming. Budgets will be cut. We don't know what that looks like Mm -hmm. as a Denverite, but now we kind of know, right? These cuts include the DMV stopping in-person registration renewals and parks and rec reducing summer programming and and not even like planting flower beds in our parks. Now that these things are clearer, how do you think Denverites are going to respond to this situation?
1: It's hard to gauge. I mean, it's hard to know how people are going to respond. Part of our mission with Denbright obviously, is to tell people tangibly what's happening with their city, what's changing, how this thing is going to affect you. And I've made this point in the newsroom before. It was like we, w- despite our efforts to try and you know tell very human stories, we still have to tell people how spending on this population and on other things in the city right there's other factors here as we noted in our story there's a millions of dollars in in tax shortfall that that um was expected um or is at least calculated in so it's like there's there's a lot of facets but at the same time there's an elephant in the room here and i grew up (laughs) i grew up reading news coverage like that had the word illegal alien illegal immigrant illegals and i'm sure that those sentiments those public sentiments will be factors here too. That's. I think that that's where I'll leave that.
0: <laughs> but I think also you you have made this proactive change as a newsroom that you hope will get people to think differently.
1: One of the reasons why I got into journalism is because I always thought that if I told enough stories about people who looked like me, maybe people's minds would change. Maybe people would be a little bit more accepting. Over the past, you know, almost 10 years that I've been in the industry, I'd be hard-pressed to say that that has changed. But my, my optimism has not changed. Ooh, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay,
0: you can take a moment.
1: I still feel like if I tell the story, or if we as an outlet, as a team, tell the story of a clown who made his way through five, six countries and crossed an incredibly dangerous jungle and was making, I'll say it, white children smile at Stanley Marketplace where many affluent families spend their weekends. I still believe that that makes a difference. And so if I refer to Yuppie the Clown as a new immigrant, then I'm just telling his story. Um, Regardless of what his kind of like legal category, legal status is, he's doing it. Like he's being a new immigrant right in front of your children. And I think that that's like a, that's what's great about journalism is that you get to keep doing this. I get to keep doing this.
0: (laughs) So I'll be honest with you. After you guys made the change, I'm like surfing social media, just hearing what are people saying about this? Right. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing others' comments, but I definitely saw posts that were like, you can call illegals whatever you want, but they're still illegals. Like, you know what I'm getting at? Like, you can't impose humanity on someone who's who's making those comments but what do you think what do you think about that when you see that versus the work that you're doing
1: I see it against the work um but I also see it against the life I've lived that is language that I have heard my entire life and it's been lobbed at me it's been lobbed at my family it's been lobbed. It's been lobbed at my friends. It's been lobbed at you know my entire neighborhood in Dallas. To get really nerdy, <laughs> it's there's a scene I always think about in in Game of Thrones where um, Tyrion Lannister is telling Jon Snow. It's like first season. He tells him, you know, don't let the world, you know, make you feel bad for what you are. If you wear it like a badge of honor, it's like it can never be used against you. And so I think that just accepting the label of immigrant as somebody who here and like immigrant life is very hard. I'm not saying it's my responsibility to make that easier for people, especially the people who are arriving here, because that's that's not what I do. But I can at least be honest with the public about what these people are going through. And what they are going through is they're trying to start their lives in the United States as New immigrants.
0: So, before I let you go, I just want to come back to this conversation about the mayor and Denver in this moment that we're in, um, thinking about what comes next. Uh, we've talked to the mayor about some innovative legal strategies he could employ, um, but that would require the city to take on some serious liability. When we talk about, you know, maybe employing uh, many of these folks, um, the mayor could himself risk prison time by doing that. But I, I just wonder, as someone that's been covering this, how far do you think he's willing to take this? This fight,
1: well, that's I think that's the million dollar question. He's seen already what the inaction is at the federal level. If you ask any immigration advocate, like reform that helps people who have been in the country for a long time now has failed time and time again at Congress and we asked this of of senator bennett when we had him on 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 colorado matters it's we're seeing you know republican politicians really push the limits of what states can do on immigration and so i guess i think that, that you're right i think that that's a fair question to to consider is is there anything that democratic you know politicians democratic elected officials are willing to do i mean i think i think time will tell i, I don't know I think objectively, this is a hard situation. We've felt stretched the past year and a half as an as a news unit, Denverite has. And it's just the kind of thing that we're feeling that pressure and we're trying to figure out how do we cover this? What do we do? And so it's like if a language change for us isn't is considered an extreme, it's like you do then have to ponder like, what what does an elected official with, you know, spending power do? And I think you saw that today. It's like he's got He's got to balance and obviously we're going to keep asking questions of him, but you don't want, you also don't want to be unfair to him. Like he's, he's, he's balancing a lot. Like it it, it is his job, right? Ultimately, whatever fails, whatever fails in the city, right? Like from an optics perspective is his fault as far as a lot of voters go. Um, And whatever succeeds, it's, especially with the folks who are arriving, it's, it's not going to be visible. Their success is not going to be visible because it's just people who are living their lives. So it's like, how do you show people that? How do you show people that you know they're contributing to the economy? How do you show people that you know they're paying taxes and they're doing this? It's much easier to say they're costing us this much money. So I, you know, that's that's a great question. I, I hope we we should all keep asking them that.
0: <laughs> well, Obed, thank you so much. This was really a wonderful and and helpful conversation. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So you might be wondering at this point what we at CityCast Denver are going to be saying going forward, migrants or new immigrants. And to be honest, we don't know yet. We want to hear from you. What do you think is the best term? One of those two or something else entirely? Leave us a voicemail or send us a text on the Humanitarian Style Guide hotline at 720-500-5418. Again, make your voice heard at 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell your congressperson about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. That guy, Root Beer Richie of the Reveille, they put out another Mardi Gras ad that was like, (laughs) come to our show. It's just going to be every band covering Mambo Number 5
1: (laughs) for the whole
0: show. And I was like, oh, this band is so good at promoting their things. I love them.